Well, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in beautiful Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by and see us sometime. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to start a whole new series, and this series is entitled In Him. That is, In Christ Jesus. So we're going to discover our identity in Him and so much more. So I can't wait for you to hear it. Today's subtitle is Walking in a New Attitude. We're going to have a great time. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message, and it is entitled Walking in a New Attitude, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right, so thank God. Amen. Y'all ready? All right. Well, uh, today's subtitle is, anybody? I knew you guys were in the spirit. That's correct. Walking in a new attitude. Today I'm going to throw out to you, I'm going to give you a lot of concepts and a lot of ideas, things that you will have to ponder on and things that you would have to think about. This will not be, if you would say, your typical Sunday morning message. Because it is not my desire to entertain you, although I do like to make people laugh. <laughs> I do. I, really, I like to see the people of God happy. Patricia, I really do. I like to see you guys when you're happy, and I love it to hear you laugh. Uh, when you laugh, everything is well. You, you think about it, when you, children, when your parents are laughing, home is well. Home is well. It's not well when nobody laughs. Isn't that right? Yes. But as long as we're laughing, we're joyful, all is well. Amen. All right, but it is not my desire, Odell, it's not my desire to entertain today. I mean, if it happens, great, hallelujah, but it is my desire, uh-oh, it is my desire, well, I guess that was maybe entertaining. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's my desire to inform you, all right? My desire to inform you and to bring you up to another level in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right, so let's go. All right, so I'm going to be reading a few things for you that I have, uh, that the Lord gave me during my, uh, during my prayer time, and uh, I just want to read these to you, and then we'll go straight into the scripture, amen? amen. All right, so today's title is Walking, uh, Walking in a New Attitude. This will be part one in the series entitled, In Him. All right, why would we need a new attitude? Some people say, that's, that's obvious, Pastor. Have you seen him? Have you seen her? Have you seen them? That's obvious. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Why do we need that new attitude? Man is in the pursuit of greater, always in the pursuit of greater. Every day he is restless to discover new and better ways of improving himself and the world he lives in. Thus, things are constantly in a state of flux. Everything is changing from the economy, technology, health, and spirituality. There seems to be a hidden force that drives him towards perfection and to attain the unachievable. He wants things to be cheaper, faster, easier, longer lasting, more pleasurable, extra strength, and oh yes, it must be supersized. Yes. And as a result, uh, and as a result, uh, there is a race to train up to build, and in some cases, 
scientists are also beginning to engineer what they call the perfect human being or human 2.0, or it's also known as uh, the transhumanism movement. These are things that are actually going on right now. However, with all these advances, man still finds himself quite empty on the inside. Stuff has not filled the void in his, in his soul, and his heart continues to grow darker. So he has turned to religion or spirituality to ease his pain and silence his guilt. But he finds himself, he finds that, uh, that this too is vanity, and it does not ease uh, his guilt or his shame. So he wrestles with others, and he wrestles with himself in the pursuit of what he calls uh, the American dream. Anybody ever try to pursue the American dream only to find that it's a nightmare? <laughs> work hard, go to school, work hard, get a good, or no, go to school, get a good education, work hard, save lots of money, get a great job, then you can retire and everything will be okay. That's an American dream, maybe, but it's, it's, a, it's a life of drudgery. It's a life of the rat race. It's like a carrot that is t- that's continually dangled in front of our faces. If you just work a little bit harder, if you work, if you work a little bit smarter, if you work more hours, if you, if you uh, get this promotion, if you this, and it's always if this and if this is always pushing you forward and forward and forward and forward. And it seems like we're climbing, we get to the top of a, of a ladder only to find out that the ladder was leaning on the wrong building. Got to climb all the way down now and try to find the right place. It never ends. Are you hearing? It never ends. Man knows that there is something more to life than just this now. He's trying to discover that we as the human race are trying to discover that. But most people are thinking that money and pleasure is a ticket. If I get enough money, get enough pleasure, I'll be happy with myself. I'll be happy. Well, many people have discovered that is not it. Those that have money know that money cannot bring you pleasure. It may bring you temporary gratification, but it will not bring you the joy that you're expecting. So those that have it already know that it won't. Those that don't have it thinks that it will. And it's a never-ending vicious, vicious cycle. Man thinks, okay, then power and fame will bring it, bring this to me. But it doesn't. That doesn't happen easier. That doesn't happen e- either. So again, man struggles with himself. He struggles with the other humans on the planet. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of warring going on. And man screams, "Well, what is it then?" What is it then? Religion hasn't gotten me there. The occult things have not gotten me there. Man still knows that there is a hole, a void in his heart that cannot be filled. And some of the most empty people in this world are the ones who you see at work and at the stores with with a smile that is painted on their faces. It's a disguise trying to hide how empty they are inside. Praise the Lord. Oh, foolish man. The answer is not in a what or an it, 
but it's in a it's in a who and the answer is Jesus Christ the son of God so in this series we're going to be talking about um, the promises of God as it relates to you and I as it relates to our relationship and connection with God and that connection is founded in we're going to see this three terms in him through him and by him oh in him through him and by him so this is extremely important that we understand this all right Uh, these are ways that the father has chosen to describe our relationship and connection with him and that also describes our our identity in him as you as we discover what it means to be in him that is in christ as we discover what it means to to be or to go through him and as we discover what it means to be by him. And the word by can also be translated in many cases with, with him. Amen? All right, so we need new attitude. All right, so let me, before we go any further, let's describe or let me define what a new attitude is. All right, or what a attitude is. Attitude is a settled, say settled. A settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something. Typically, one that is reflected in a person's behavior. It is the way a person views something or tends to behave toward it, often in an evaluative way. All right, but the thing you want to see there, it is a settled way of thinking or feeling. Settled. That's an attitude. Now let's look at the word uh, prospection. Um, perspection, because we need a new attitude and a new uh, perspective or perspection. And that means the way you think about or understand someone or something. Now, all of these are extremely important, and I cannot, ex- I cannot express to you how important those two definitions are. The word attitude means, again, your settled way of thinking. A settled way of thinking or feeling about something. You're settled. And and a prospection or a uh, perspective um, has to do with how, has to do with more of how or the way you think. How or the way you think about someone or the way you think about something. These two are invaluable. If you're going to live this Christian life, if you're going to live in this life period, and have any shred of happiness, have any shred of hope, have any shred of joy, is going to have to do with the way you think. Praise Jesus. Are you with me, Ray? Raise with me. Raise with me. All right. Now, listen. Listen to this statement. If you change your perspective or rather perception. If you change your perception, you'll change your reality. If you change your perspection, perception, thank you. I get by with a little help from my friends. If you change your perception, you'll change the way, rather you'll change your reality. Your perception, again, is the way you see things. The way you see things. If you change your perception, you will change your reality. 
the environment may be unchanged at first, but the way you see it will change. Does that make sense? All things being equal. Okay? Again, if you change your perception, you'll change your reality. The environment may be unchanged at first, but the way you see it will change. Ultimately, with your new perception, you'll change the environment, uh, causing it to conform and adjust to your inner attitude. You wonder why things are always the same around you and nothing changes? Because you have not changed. Once you change, the environment around you will change because you'll change it. You've heard the you've heard uh, the saying uh, that someone, you know, that people don't change until they get sick and tired of it. Once you get sick and tired, you'll begin. You got to be tired too, sick and tired. You'll begin to change your environment. People will begin to change the way they feel about you. You begin to change the way you feel about them once your perception has changed. So we need a new attitude and a new perception. Again, attitude is our settled way of thinking. Perception is uh, how or the way you think about people, the way you think about something or someone. Does that make sense to you? All right, let me go on. Um, this, I'm not talking about um, magic or we're not talking about uh, positive thinking, or we're going to think our way out of this, think our way out of the situation. You've heard them, some people with the new age concepts, you can call things to you if you just think hard enough about it. If you just think hard enough about it, we're not talking about all, all, that, all that crazy stuff. Because um, uh, things won't move themselves, but the, here again, the Lord will empower you through his spirit. He will empower you through his spirit to move things, to change things. Because once you change again, your associations will change. Your likes and dislikes will change. And understand, because of who we are, because of how we think, who we are and how we think, uh, a certain type of person is drawn to us. If they know that you are a no-nonsense person, the foolish don't really hang around them. Right? But you typically see, typically see fools hanging around with fools. Birds of a feather will flock together. So if you want to change your flying group, then you must first change. Chickens don't fly with eagles. So you're going to have to be transformed. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, we got to change. Attitude and perception has to do with, again, the way you think. The way we think is a product of our information that we have received. So if you change the information that you, that you're, that you are uh, receiving, you'll change the way you think and feel. If you watch smut all the time, you're going to see smut when you go out. It gets in you. And people that have uh, people that have strong addictions to pornography and strip clubs and, and things of this nature, it's no wonder that rapes occur. 
It's no wonder that they see, uh, they may see women as objects, as objects of pleasure and not see the person, that she is a person. You understand? Because they've spent all that time in trash and in smut. And so when they go out, they cannot help but to see this person as that. So change the way you think and you will change your life. You know, I never, when I used to work for the um, telephone company, cable company, climbing those tall telephone poles, don't want to ever do that again. (laughs) But I never noticed um, the power lines and cable lines and how they hooked up. I never noticed them before until I had to work on them. Until I had to read the diagnostic manuals and all this other stuff and find out how this net go through training class and all that stuff. So once my attention was tuned in on it, I saw it everywhere. Saw it everywhere. It's kind of like you never have noticed a car uh, until you went to dealership and you bought the car and now it seems like everybody has that car. Anybody been there before? Now you see it everywhere. Whatever you focus on, you begin to notice. So what we're saying to you is that if you want your life to change, if you want to have a newer life built around Christ Jesus, it's going to have to start with the information that you receive. So we said in the last series, garbage in, garbage out. Right? All right, so the good stuff in, you'll get the good stuff out. All right, so if you change your information, you'll change the way you think and feel. You change your, you change your life. Jesus is the word of God. He gives, us a, he gives us this new information, which consequently transforms our perception and generates a new attitude. The word of God can transform your perception and give you a new attitude. Say that with me. The word of God, word of God. can transform my perception and give me a new attitude. Amen. This means that we have to highly value the word of God above all else. Highly value the word of God. We'll spend more time in the word when we highly value it. It's not enough just to know that it is true or that it is real. Uh, people know have known for years that, um, let's say, Uh, Doing drugs is bad, but that does not stop them from doing it. People have known for years that if you drink a lot of alcohol, you know, you're going to damage your liver. That does not stop them from pulling up at the bar. Right. It's not enough just to know that it's bad or that it's a good thing to do. You're going to have to have a conviction about it and then walk in that way. Until you are convicted about that truth, until that truth has gotten in you, you're not going to change it. Even though you know the road is out ahead, and even though you know, you know the Surgeon General said this, and that doctor said that, this, that, and that, and the other, I've known people who the doctor has told them, you know, hey, you, you got to stop the cigarette thing. And I've seen them uh, at the hospitals with the trach thing open. They, they've done something you know, to their lungs or to their, um, their throat or what have you, and they can no longer get the uh, cigarette to their mouth or something, so they put the cigarette to their throat. And they puff the cigarette from their throat. It has already caused so much damage and destruction in their bodies. But still there. Still there. How are we doing that? 
Are you hearing? It's going to have to start with the information we receive and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us to affect a change. Because the very one of us that said, looks at that person and say, how could you do that? How could you do that? You look, if you point your finger at them, you know, you got three more fingers pointing back at you. What are we doing? I never want to be to the place where I look at someone else or judge someone else by the sin in their lives and I don't examine my own. What am I doing? How am I so caught up? That's one thing about sin. We can be so caught up in it and we don't even notice it. Until the Lord says, that right there. Does that make sense to you? So again, the word of God gives us new information which consequently transforms our, pers- our perspective and uh, generates a new attitude. Uh, this is not, again, this is not a form of positive thinking, but we have to highly value the word of God above all else and hold on to it for dear life because God will stand by his word. He will always stand by his word. He will always Stand by his word and make sure that his word comes to pass. Now hear the statement, then I believe we're ready to take off. You ready for this statement? This is receiving the word. We must receive the word as absolute truth. We must receive his word as absolute truth. When you do that, it will cause the whole world to become a lie. When you receive the word of God as absolute truth, everything that says it's true is going to be a lie. If it's not rooted or grounded in God's word. Now, everything that is true is not truth. It is true today that we're all sitting in this building. But that will not be so tomorrow or even a couple hours from now. At least I don't think so. (laughs) So it is true. True can be temporary, but truth is eternal. Truth never changes. So what is true, the enemy can use what is true against you. Here's a test result. You have this. You're going to die. Well, the x-rays are true. This is there. There's no denying what the x-rays are saying. Yes, doctor, I see that. That is true. But the truth is, by his stripes, I am healed. That's truth. You may look at your bank account and it says, hey, there's a zero balance. Yes, that is true. But the truth is that he supplied all of my needs according to his rich and glory by Christ Jesus. It's holding on. We're talking about holding on to the word of God for dear life and receiving it as absolute truth. And everything else becomes a lie. Because God will always stand by his word. It's going to have to be to the place where we declare in the face of adversity, I am and it is as God said. Let me say that again. It's going to have to be where we come to the point where we realize where we can really truthfully declare that I am, that is, I am what God said I am. It is what God says it is. And that's it. 
and we stand on it. Does that make sense to you? All right. So this must become our attitude, our settled way of thinking, our attitude and our settled way of thinking, where we're looking more at what the Lord has said and not always looking at the world, looking at the reports, looking at all these things that are coming on the world system. Now, in just a little while, another president's going to come up. But there have been many presidents before them. Many more. I'm sure some of you know the number of presidents that we've had. I'm sure you can all enlighten us. Yes, 43. Thank you. Yes, we're going to go with that. Praise the Lord. And many thought, okay, well, all those were the answer. All of those would get us. All those that would take us in. But we're still in the same place we're in right now. The answer is not in a man nor in a political party. The answer is in Christ. Hallelujah. So regardless of whoever takes office, the answer is still Jesus. I am still looking to Jesus. Amen. So I want to just encourage you, even with that state of things, that you don't that if your candidate doesn't win, don't freak out. Are you hearing? Because they're not the if all we could hope in is a person boy, we're miserable. Hallelujah. All right. So all that was introduction. Are you, are you, are you still here with me now? So we got to change our attitude and change our perception. Change our attitude and change our perception. Turn to, turn to your name and tell them you've got to change your attitude and change your perception. Amen. Amen. Boy, some people are really busy these days, aren't they? All right. You can go ahead and just, just take that lens. You can take it to the back. It'll be fine. You can, you can solve that. All right. Let's go down to the book of Job and let me show you some examples of people who had a change or altered perception, change or altered attitude. These people went through tremendous difficulties in life, and you see how their perception changed their reality. Their attitude changed their reality. Let me give you some examples. Are you all still with me today? All right. Job 14, 14. It says, Job's in here. If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Job's perspective, or rather perception, Job's perception uh, and attitude was different from others. Even his wife said, Job, you are to curse God and die in this. But Job said, no, I'm going to wait for my change to come. I know the Lord has me. Let's look also at uh, Numbers 13. Numbers 13, verse 30. Here Joshua and Caleb are are confronted with um, the words of 10 other spies as they crossed over the promised land. The other spies said that we can't do this, but Joshua and Caleb had a different perspective. Perception, rather. They had different perception. Help me, Jesus. They had a different attitude. What did they say? They said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. They had a different way of thinking. So we look at David and David in um, Psalm Psalm 27, and we're actually beginning to close. 
If we look at David in Psalm 27, verses 1, 2, and 3, David declares that God is, or rather he declares the strength of an invisible God in the face of a visible enemy. Look what David says in Psalm 27, verses 1, 2, and 3. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. He sees his enemy. The troops are lined up against him. His critics, we can say, lined up against him. But he's not focused on them. He's focused on him. And because of that attitude, because of that perception, his whole life changes. If you have the right perception, the right attitude, you'll be able to have faith. The wrong perception, wrong attitude will bring you doubt every single time. Does that make sense to you? Paul sounds like an insane man in this next uh, group of scriptures, an insane man when he talks about when he is weak, he's actually strong. Paul, you sound foolish, but it's actually the truth. Look at 2 Corinthians 12, chapter verses 10 and 9. It says, And he said unto me, My grace, Jesus, saying to Paul, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that is, weaknesses, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, that is, weaknesses. Paul said, I take pleasures in it. In other words, I like it. What? I like, Paul was saying, I like to be weak. Boy, that sounds mighty strange. He says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches. And reproaches means insults. When somebody insults me, I get happy. Really, Paul? He said in, 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 in reproaches, in necessities, that, that means hardships, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, when this happens for Christ's sake, not because you told somebody off and they're coming back at you now. For Christ's sake, then he says what? For when I am what? For when I am weak, then am I strong. That's a different viewpoint altogether. And because he viewed the word of God, because he viewed the words of Christ in that manner, he had strength. And he found the strength of Christ to overcome those different situations in his life. Turn to your name and tell him, it's, uh, to, or ask him, how do you think? You change the way you think, change your attitude, change your perception, and you'll change your life. Because then you're focusing on the word of God. You're focusing on what he said. And when you focus on what the Lord said, instead of what the devil's saying or what people saying, your whole continence will change. I guarantee you, if you go someplace and 30 people tell you how beautiful and wonderful you are, you look so beautiful, you smell so nice, your shoes are matching with your dress, <laughs> or your shoes are matching with your suit. 30 people, if you may have left home feeling bad, but after those 30 people or 10 people tell you that, how are you feeling? 
You're feeling, you're feeling better. You're feeling better, feeling a bit lighter. Well, why is that? Because those 30 people gave you different words, and those words caused you to think a little bit differently. But guess what? You can't always depend on those 30 people. So you're going to have to begin to tell yourself. Hallelujah. Let's look at a couple more. Um, The Apostle John declares boldly in 1 John, the fourth chapter. Listen to how he speaks here. Hold on a second. I think my battery. Hold on a second. Are y'all still with me today? The Apostle John declares boldly that uh, we are from God and are not of this world. Hold on a second. Praise the Lord. Let's look at um, 1 John, the fourth chapter. It says, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who was in the world. This is out of the New Living, uh, or sorry, the New International Version. Verse 5 says, They are from the world and therefore speak from the, the viewpoint of the world. And the world, listen to them. We are from who? We are from God. And whosoever, rather than whoever knows God, listens to us. That's pretty big. You come around with your Bible and you tell them about Jesus and you wonder why they're not listening to you. Maybe they are not from God. Verse six says, we are from God and who's and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the, the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Let's look at one more, John 17, verses 14 through 18. It says, I have given them thy word, Jesus talking to the Father, I have given them thy word, and the world have hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I wonder if anybody catching this quite yet. It is bold. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And we'll stop with that today. Notice that they all had a different viewpoint a different way of seeing things. And it goes even deeper. And I pray that you're with me on next week so that we can continue. Father, we thank you for the word of God today. We pray that uh, your spirit would just breathe life into these scriptures. And Lord, I pray that you would put a hunger and a thirst into your people, that they would hear your word, that they would take it in, that they would receive it and begin to know who they really are We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. 
While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose Him as your Lord today. Only He can make a way.